Welcome to the WellCast. The world has a lot to say. We're bringing a biblical perspective to those conversations. Welcome back to another episode of the WellCast. We are back and we are in a new series. Brand new, Jordan. Mr. Mike, we are going to be talking through the major world religions why they're important, yeah. what they are, yeah. what their definitions are in things, and how to reach people for Jesus. Yeah, I'm super excited about this series. What excites you about this? I just think there's there's so many differing views out there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so important for us as Christians to know why we believe what we believe, which is a different topic. Yeah. And we, we devote most of uh, this podcast to that topic. But also to understand what views are out there mm-hmm. and how they differ, uh, how they're the same, um, and... And how we engage those, you know, people with the, those beliefs. Yeah, we're truly. I mean, we're living in a pluralistic society now. You know, to be American is not synonymous with Christian. Yeah, and I think we need to know how to meaningfully engage with people who don't think like us, right? Well, and not only is you know being American not synonymous with Christian, but the world is shrinking, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we live in a global world. There are there are people listening right now to us who travel internationally for work and things like that. And so it's it's much more important now, maybe more than ever, yeah. uh, for us to at least be educated on what the, the major world views are. Yeah, and I think most of the time people are like, well, why would I do that? Like, I, you know, I barely know anything about what I believe. Right. Right, but I think, you know, we do have the Great Commission, right, where we need to reach people for Jesus. And by his desire, we need to know what they think in order to have meaningful dialogue, right? Yeah, I think so. And and I think this gives us an opportunity really to dive in and and maybe just sharpen some tools that we have. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk we're going to talk during the series, we're going to talk about uh, how we as Christians can engage the gospel in the life of a person who believes differently than we do. So, we're going to we're going to talk in each as we walk through each of the the world religions that we're going to cover. We're going to talk through mm-hmm. strategy. Like, what does it look like for us to to engage in conversation about the gospel? Somebody who uh, who is is a Mormon, or somebody who who is a Muslim, or somebody who's an atheist. So we're going to talk about all of those yeah. things, and so uh, hopefully we just refine some tools. Yeah, and I don't think you know. I think we're not we're pastors. Yeah, and we know the Bible more than any other sort of religion text, and so. We're not necessarily experts. We're not claiming to be experts. But what we do, I, I think that doesn't make us unable to actually talk about these things, right? Yeah. And, you know, we're not, I, I think it's not our desire. I think hope people hear right away. It's not our desire to, like, mock or pull apart. No. Or, you know, um, misrepresent anything as far as we're concerned. Our just desires that we understand create a level of understanding of what the belief systems are yeah. and then create a pathway towards reaching people who believe those things. Yeah. I think it's important for us to talk about this, but we're, I think, you know, you just mentioned it. We're not the beginning and the end of this. Yeah. You know? And and so we would encourage you as you're listening to this, that this would just be the start of your education. Yeah, there may be some groups that we talk about, some religious, you know, different places where you feel like particularly, um, like inclined to learn more about. I think yeah. that's awesome. We want to encourage that. Yeah, I have a, a former student of mine. Uh, his name is Connor, mm-hmm. and uh, Connor. Oh, yeah, Lott. I know Connor. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, yeah you you know him. No, uh, no. from Simi Valley. Uh, but uh, but he 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 graduated high school, and the Lord put uh, 
the LDS church on his on his heart, and mm-hmm. not not that to become one, uh, but uh, to to reach them. <laughs> that would so, be a twist. <laughs> yeah, that would be unsuspected, <laughs> unexpected. Tra- yeah, twist. to reach them, but but to reach them, and so he's he's devoted his time to mm-hmm. going to to Utah, uh, and and that's like his mission field, and mm. he's educated himself. So I think there are things that we can do to better prepare ourselves to mm-hmm. to engage in gospel conversations with people. Yeah, and, and we're going to start the series off just kind of with like a more blanket term than some of the more specific religions, but yeah. we're just going to start with atheism. Yeah, and I think it's important, Jordan, because uh, some people would say that, that, that atheism is the absence of religion, mm-hmm. but I think uh, what we want to define it as is a religion, something that takes faith to believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think atheism is one of those things that, uh, I, for me, it takes more faith to be an atheist mm-hmm. to, to, and by atheism, a meaning no or not. Mm-hmm. And then theism meaning God, a belief in God. Mm-hmm. So no belief in God. And, and so the, the idea that it, for me, it, it takes more faith to believe that God doesn't exist than to believe that God does exist. I'd imagine you're going to help us unpack that statement at we'll, some point. We'll unpack it a little bit, yeah. Okay. But but I think it's it's just one of those things where, you know, it's a it's it's growing in our culture, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's important for us to talk about what does it look like and, you know, what are the— what are the places where there's a tension between faith mm-hmm. and, and atheism? Yeah, I think we have, like, different types of atheists, right? You know, and I think there's, like, a, I don't know, I think it'd be important to talk about, right, the different types. But uh, what's interesting to me is a lot of times people say that it's growing, like you just said. But I, I, I feel like a lot of times in the past people had, like, a functional ape- atheism. Yeah. Where... You know, maybe nominally, you know, my family's Catholic or yeah. my family's Christian or my family's this or that. But really, truly, they don't like hold to any belief system. They just kind of have a loose morality that comes from a history of religion. Yeah. And then now I would say more people are gravitating towards actually labeling themselves as something like an atheist or an agnostic. Yeah, there there really are three terms. What you just talked about is, is the practical atheist. Mm-hmm. So there's the... Um, there's the atheist that uh, walks and and talks like they have a belief in God. They may even claim um, to have a belief in God, but at the end of the day, they're not they're not living as if they actually believe that God exists. It, it the 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 belief in God is is a theory mm-hmm. in their, in their life, but it's not actually lived out. Uh, Craig Rochelle wrote a book. Uh, it's called the the Christian Atheist, mm-hmm. and he talks about all you know how our churches are filled with people who are living out this practical atheism they they place a label on themselves of like i believe in god or i believe in jesus or i'm a christian but they don't actually live their life in that way so that's that's the first kind of category of atheists mm-hmm. and it's important to walk through these because i think we just think atheist mm-hmm. right but it's a broad term like you mentioned yeah i remember one time driving this slow san luis Obispo, and there was like a uh, a highway that was adopted it was like, you know they had the adopt a highways things and it's yeah. like uh this highway is adopted by the atheist society in san luis obispo mm-hmm. and i was like oh okay like that kind of, sounds kind of like a church yeah yeah <laughs> atheists gather just to to tell people that there isn't a god yeah yeah yeah, yeah and that's the that's the way that that you know atheism so works. this practical idea of atheism what would you say like how does that play out what does that look like for sort of your neighbor, your friend, your even yourself, if this is convicting, 
Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they go uh, throughout their life and, and, you know, in a lot of ways I was this person mm-hmm. until, until Christ grabbed a hold of my heart. Like I, I always kind of believed in God, but he had no, he had no practical part of my life. Yeah. Like, to say that Jesus is Lord implies something for how you actually live your life. Right. Yeah. So this person, you would say that they're the Lord of their own lives. Well, and they may believe in God as some vague theory, mm-hmm. like in their life, but, but there's no, there, there's no, uh, they're not consumed, um, by the things of God. They're, they're, they don't live their life as if, so like any, any other religion that we're going to talk through on this series there is a response to the belief that a God exists. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get the, the religion. Mm-hmm. The response that we see from atheists are there's a there's a response to the belief that God does not exist. Mm-hmm. It still has implications on their life. And so for this practical atheist, it's just people that are just living as if God doesn't exist. They don't have strong feelings either way. Uh, you're not going to see them debating um, any of the major... Uh, you know, apologists that are out there, they're not going to be debating that stuff, but they just, they just live as though God doesn't exist and they're pretty indifferent about it. And so the next one we talked about is called weak atheism. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, so weak atheism is uh, the belief that God is not really provable or unprovable. Mm -hmm. And so because, um, because we can't really prove that and because the issue doesn't really affect their life. Uh, they're just going to go on living their lives as if God does not exist. They do not believe that God does not exist. They just believe that God, God um, is not um, provable. And so since it's not provable, they have no reason to consider him in their lives. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're as opposed to the third, which is strong atheists. They're, they're not the ones that are in your face about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they take a stronger stance than the practical atheist because the practical atheist might even actually say they believe in God. Yeah. Whereas the weak atheist is more like, um, uh, it's just a, it's an, it's like, uh, it holds the concept that, that God just is an unresolvable issue. Like it's it. something I'd rather not think about. Yeah. Uh, you know, like in this, maybe even be labeled as like the sort of unobtrusive. Yeah. Right. So like they would just be like, you know, like, it's not worth it's, their time. Yeah, and or it's not even worth arguing about. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. Yeah. This is what I think, but it's really, you know, it's unknowable. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then I think the third, uh, the third def- or part of the third form of atheism, I would say, is the one we usually think about the most, probably. Yeah, right? strong atheism. Yeah, it's the strong atheist. It's a the the position is like we're active uh, opponents of the existence of God. Mm-hmm. So we are not just we are uh, going to evangelize the yeah. message that God does not exist. We're going to debate uh, those who want to debate us. We're going to write books uh, about it, and and we are going to believe that philosophy and science uh, that's driven by reason will lead them. Uh, leads to the conclusion that God does not exist. And uh, because God cannot exist, and they believe that it's mostly provable, although nothing is uh, to them is essentially provable completely, mm-hmm. um, that, that, there's, there's, that, that drives their system of ethics, it drives their belief system, and, and everything that's tied to that. So, like, around the—when I, mean, I was in college, I graduated in 2011— and around that time, you had like the f- 
four horsemen of the atheist apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. And it was so, so popular. Yeah. You know, read like Dawkins's God Delusion. Mm-hmm. You had, um, you know, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember any of the, pe- <laughs> any of the other people, Daniel Dennett, um, and these guys who, uh, Christopher Hitchens, the, the British journalist, and you had these guys who, um, they wrote all these books. They were very adamantly opposed. They were they had a desire to make it almost popular to um, be an ant. It was almost like an anti-theist, right? So you have like um, I would say even in strong atheism, you have like a spectrum, right? Where you have um, people who are very who they have definite reasons and care about this, saying like I you know I think that the world would be a better place if people did away with religion. Yeah. And then you have the, the very, very adamant people who would say like, actually religion is a bad thing. Right. And that we actively want to sort of work against it, destroy it. And any belief in God is holding humanity back from progress as a whole. Right. And so like, I would say that there's even nuance in there, but it is, um, I think I would, I would call it at times a thoughtful atheism too. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. not without reason. I mean, they, they, they make arguments they use th- and, and obviously, I mean, there's not, there's not like two atheists in the world. No. Yeah. So, you know, even like right now, the, the fourth uh, member of your horseman of atheism is, is uh, Sam Harris. And yeah. he, he's a big, he, he's a big voice for that. And, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that you can see is they're worthy debaters. Like mm-hmm. they're, they, they've thought through their stuff. It's not, it's not a whim. It's not, I don't want to believe in God. A lot of these people have a previous belief in God that, that has gone away, that they've, that they've walked away from, mm-hmm. uh, and, and found themselves in it, in atheism. And so I, I don't, I would never categorize this as like some unthoughtful, you know, place that they've arrived to. Yeah. They've like stumbled into it or yeah. that they're dumb in some way or yeah. You know, no, many of these, many of these atheists are very intelligent. And, mm-hmm. and so it's not a, it's not a question of, of intelligence. It's a, it's just a, a question of, of really probability. Mm-hmm. Right. I think when we talk about atheism versus theism, it's, it's a question of, of probability, which one's more plausible, which one's more probable. Yeah. And, you know, I think like there would be sort of some of my atheist friends who maybe would throw up in, in their mouths to hear that we're like, Oh, it's a, it is a faith, you know, or it is a religion yeah. or something. Cause I mean, I would have heard a lot of people say that it's just, no, it's just the absence of, right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there room to unpack that here? Or do we want to get that eventually? No, I think we can. I mean, I, I think the, the idea of, of religion is a faith in something, mm-hmm. right? Something that's, that's essentially un, uncompletely like something that takes faith is something that's a hundred percent is unprovable to, um, in its completion. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So like you, you can't prove fully that, God exists. Mm-hmm. Like there takes some faith. Yeah. Now you, you, there is evidence. There are things. So, so if you take that same kind of definition or thought process, then, then realistically, the only place you can arrive at is that atheism is a religion because you, it takes faith mm-hmm. to believe that there is no God. You can't prove that. Yeah. You can't prove a negative. Yeah. You can't prove a negative. Mm-hmm. So, so, and that's why I actually, really believe and that's the number one reason there are others that i'm Mm -hmm. sure we'll get into i think that's why i really believe it takes way more faith 
to believe in the absence of God than in the existence of God. And I think it was C.S. Lewis that talked about how everyone has a worldview Mm -hmm. and every sort of um, thought about existence is a worldview. Yeah. It shapes the way you view the world, right? Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, the the belief that there is, because it is a belief that there is no God, yes. will define your view of the world. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think, you know, I, I'd love to talk about, like, maybe some of the sort of surface-level problems that we see yeah. with atheism as those who are theists, and specifically Christians believing in uh, the God that in that is defined in Scripture in the Bible, but um, what would you say like are like? Let's start with um, something like creation. Yeah. So I mean, before we even get there, the the elephant in the room is there's no debate going on here. Uh-huh. That's not our intention. That's not our hope. Um, but but it is two theists, uh, Christian theists, that are sitting here discussing atheism. So I want to yeah. be I want to be generous to to that truth. Maybe we'd say rather than debate, like, hey, there are some things that you know we're we're not going to like pull apart the whole atheist worldview, right. right? We're not experts, like I said, we're not professors yeah. of world religion. Yeah. But what what we do want to do is say, hey, if you would call yourself an atheist, you have to wrestle with these things. Yeah. Just like there are oppositions to Christian faith that we have to wrestle with. We can't be in ignorance to. Yeah, and I think the even the things we're going to talk through are so much deeper than our lack of expertise is going to get to. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, you we can't cover it all yeah, in 30 minutes. But you mentioned creation, right? Mm-hmm. And and there are a lot of different theories of creation. You know, we, we believe in, in the uh, biblical creation narrative, right? So Yeah, an eternal... Yeah, God that it that it began uh, over a, a six day period. Um, but regardless of that, like we're, we're we're actually talking about the existence of a God. Like that's the that's the difference between a theist and an atheist, right? So creation, we see, you know, the the universe has begun with such extreme precision. There's an argument called the fine tuning argument, mm-hmm. and essentially, like. The, the argument, Stephen Hawking, who is not a, um, a well-known, uh, well, he's a well-known scientist. But <laughs> I was he, like, what? He's not a well-known, like, believer of God. Like, he's not an apologist. No, yeah. Um, but but he, he said, if the rate of expansion one second after the Big Bang had been uh, smaller by even one part in 100,000 million, it would have recollapsed before it reached its present size. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so in order for us to be here, uh, in order for the universe to take shape the way that it did, there was such extreme precision uh, that it it actually is evidence towards intelligent design. Mm-hmm. Um, another idea is if the the gravitational force changed even slightly, we're talking one times ten to the fortieth power. So that's a one with forty zeros after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if 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 that if the gravitational force had changed even that much, the sun wouldn't be where it is, and the moon would crash into the earth. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And so you just look at those things, and for me, it doesn't by any means prove God, mm-hmm. right? But it is extreme evidence for the idea of intelligent design. That, that this just didn't happen Well, I by think chance. even like faith, right? Where you have um, the sort of atheistic worldview would say that creation came from nothing. Still. Yeah. You have to still deal with the fact that there's no, we have an explanation, at least in yeah. our faith, for what came before. What is that nothing? It is a person. 
It is God. Yeah. And he is eternal. We don't pretend to explain that or even understand something like eternality. Right. But he gives us an answer. Mm-hmm. In his, he is preexistent. Yeah. He created time and everything within it and that he s- spoke everything into existence. Yeah. The, I mean, really, the atheist worldview has to answer that question or at least wrestle with the fact that it takes faith to say, I don't know. What, there was a beginning. Yeah. And I don't know what that beginning was or what came before it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I, I think the, uh, not only that. It's it, not a slam dunk. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, you have to wrestle with it. And, and the, the idea that even if it was a big bang, which is not my, it's not my theological view. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if there was a big bang and, and something came from nothing, it's only done it once. Mm-hmm. It's never been recorded another time. It doesn't just spontaneously happen yeah. in this in this world. Like we've never experienced yeah. it, and so we're trying to prove. Well, and to something. present to present people, like maybe a spectrum. I would probably be on the side of things. Maybe shocker for some people, but that says like, you know, uh, well, God said it, and bang, it happened, right? Yeah. So I don't. I, I'm sure. also not a scientist. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know what to think about all these things, but I do believe that God is at the center of all creation. Right. And yeah. so, like, to present people that spectrum, I think, is important for us uh, as a heart, you would say, as well. But I think we still have an answer, right? Yeah. And and I think uh, atheists have to deal and wrestle with that idea of that takes faith yeah. on their behalf, right? Yeah, I think so. And and I think, you know, all of this stuff that we're talking about— Or is, belief. Yeah, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> things that we're just talking about, we're just talking about evidence, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to create an evidentia- evidentiary argument for the existence of God. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about theological problems that we recognize yeah. in atheism. Um, I think another one, you know, that we can talk about is, is uh, intelligent design, mm-hmm. right? So— if you look at at not just so aliens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not <laughs> aliens. <laughs> I don't want to confuse people. That would be we could go down that, but um, yeah. it's the idea. So, man, I heard, I heard this when I was younger, and and it's just really stuck with me. If you take a bunch of watch parts and you put them in a box and you shake that box up, you could shake it forever, and it will never be a watch. Mm-hmm. It will just be watch parts that are broken even more than they already were, <laughs> worn down after a while. At yeah. Least. And, and so, like, the idea that, that like, there wasn't intelligent, like, if you have a watch in a box, it, it screams of the watchmaker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if um, Which you mean is, like, you know, complexity. Yeah, there's Where complexity. if one part was removed. It wouldn't be a watch. Yeah. It wouldn't work. And, and so you see that that, like, screams of intelligent design. If, mm-hmm. if you were walking down the beach... Right. I mean, the beach of Fresno, <laughs> Lake Mill- Millerton Lake. Millerton, yeah. yeah. So if you're walking down the, the beach, at, those at, muddy shores, <laughs> the muddy shores of Millerton Lake and, and you Sounds see like a sweet novel. <laughs> yeah. And you see in the sand is well in the rock, rocky sand, the mud. Yeah, yeah. In the mud is written like Mike loves Kristen. You wouldn't assume it just. And be like, what? Yeah, you wouldn't assume it just like showed up there. Mm-hmm. You would assume that Mike probably wrote Mike Loves Kristen mm-hmm. or Kristen wrote it hoping that Mike loves Kristen. <laughs> Mike's got it bad, guys. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, you wouldn't just you wouldn't just assume that it just appeared because there's mm-hmm. intelligent design. There's spelling, there's letters, there like yeah. it wasn't just a mark that was made by the water or by yeah. some bird. Mm-hmm. It was actually a, an intelligent being that wrote that. Yeah. And so I think those those arguments are really, really 
important for us to consider when we talk yeah, about you this. have to deal with things like irreducible complexity right yeah. where there are things that seem that if they were to not have developed to a certain point or have been started at a certain point if you took them apart or moved them backwards they would not function the way they do similar to your you know watching a box sort of idea i think just like you you have to understand that, that that's not as simple yeah. as like hey you know evolutionists atheists or scientific materialists they just have the answer and we're going to have to deal with it well actually all these places have extreme gaps mm-hmm. and and i think we you have to deal with the fact that there's there are things that are unanswerable in those areas yeah and here's here's another one and and i think you know i'd love to hear what you think about it but the the idea of objective ethics or objective morality yeah like for me it it screams of the existence of god mm-hmm. what do you think uh, so this is a conversation I've had a lot with my friends who would call themselves atheists. And I think um, for me, this is probably one of the most potent, yeah. especially for young people, um, because I think we've talked about this on here before. A lot of young people are like, you know, very justice prone, mm-hmm. justice oriented. And so we have I have these friends who are like, you know, they're a hardcore atheist, but they're also like hardcore pro-choice or hardcore um you know um what would be another issue i'm kind of blanking like or just i don't know let's take any issue right yeah you, know, yeah. you could say i'm anti-rape yeah and that's like p- pretty universal <laughs> most people you know like other hopefully than, yeah. i'm anti-murder yeah other than murderers like, most people are like yeah you know you know i, I just don't want to do the whole pro-choice thing because i don't want to paint yeah, all atheists this, into one area you this, know? that's not what this episode yeah is. yeah <laughs> and so you can say that right and you have to answer the question of okay well where does that thought come yeah. from where does the thought in your mind come from that that is wrong mm-hmm who determines that, right? Yeah. And a lot of my friends have very thoughtful answers, right? Things like, well, society as a whole has to determine that. But then you can't necessarily answer that and say that another society, like, I mean, we always use the Nazis, the Nazis. as punching bags. Like, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they were very much so on board yeah. as a whole with the systematic killing of all the Jews, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at the Ottoman Empire and the Armenians, like that they were pretty hardcore on board with the idea that Armenians should not exist. Yeah. Well, and it becomes a democracy of what is right mm-hmm. and wrong, right? What is morally acceptable and what you have is no not. ability to actually speak to the morality of other people if right. it's defined within you or a society, right? Yeah, because if there is no God then there is no standard of ethics. It doesn't mean there's no ethics, right? Mm-hmm. Because we can define ethics. If there's no God, you can still say, well, that's wrong to me. You can reason your way into yeah. a lot of things, right? Yeah. So, But what we're talking about is universality, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. the Humanist Manifesto, uh, the second one that was written in 1973, it says this. It says, we affirm, and, and by humanism, we mean essentially like atheists. So... Mm-hmm. Um, we affirm that moral values derive their source from human experience. Ethics is autonomous and situational, needing no theological or ideological sanction. Ethics stems from human need and interest. And so uh, this is a definition that is is brought with 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 hard, you know, things to accept, right? That that means that if you and I have different interests, mm-hmm. 
then we could have opposing, like I could want to kill you because you are a, um, a drain on society. Mm-hmm. And because the greater good is achieved by me killing you, then murder becomes acceptable. What you are literally describing is the eugenics movement. Yeah. Right? It is ethicists and scientists who put their heads together saying that the world would be a better place. This took t- this didn't just take place in Nazi Germany. This took place all across the Western oh, yeah. world. And I have two disabled siblings. And not just the Western world. Africa and Cambodia, they've had genocides. I mean, yes. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah. Eugenics and genocides are different things, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I think what, sure. as far as eugenics goes, I think, and if you don't know what that is, it's basically a movement of uh, ethicists and scientists who said that we can actually fine-tune the human race yeah. by getting rid of unwanted genomic t- uh, like uh, strains. Yeah. And so like, if somebody has certain disability a or b or c we can actually kill them or neuter them in some way from reproducing and that's ethically okay right um now the christian worldview says that those people although not you know neurotypical actually have image uh qualities of god that they are the image of god that they are valuable inherently no matter their ability to contribute to society or whatnot yeah now i would legitimately say that the atheist who has a problem with that does so on no necessarily like authority ground, yeah, any solid right. ground, right? And so like I'm we're not necessarily saying that like atheists are um are people of like no value. I think we're saying the opposite. That everybody has hardcore values. Mm-hmm. Things like murder's bad, rape's bad, right. killing kids is bad, genocide is bad. Mm-hmm. But what we would say is as an atheist, you're going to have a really hard time explaining why those things are actually bad. Yeah. Right? Well, there are cultures, right? There are cultures where uh, female mutilation is is seen as a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I would I would really have a hard time finding any any atheists who believe that that is actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so what we're saying is that you can't you at no point are you if you if you're an atheist at no point can you say something is wrong yeah you can only say i think that's wrong Mm -hmm. and it becomes what you think versus Mm -hmm. an objective moral uh uh, you know measuring stick Mm -hmm. and and uh, you know there's a there's an ex um a french ex-atheist his name is uh, I'm gonna butcher it. It's it's Guillaume Bignon. That's how I'm gonna do <laughs> sure. the best of it. But yeah. but he said this. So he was an ex atheist. So he was an atheist, and then he realized that that there was something that that and this this particular topic really hit him hard mm-hmm. as he thought through atheism. He said, in reality, to be a consistent atheist, one must affirm that the Islamic terrorists in Paris. Uh, this was back when they they went on a a a, a killing spree there didn't do anything wrong wrong in quotes right yeah. yeah in quotes as such the only they only acted out of line with our personal preferences and in line with theirs if there's no ultimate arbiter of right and wrong that's all we're left with mm-hmm. and i think that just sums it up really well is like there is no it's just their preference versus ours. There's no objective morality if you're an atheist. Yeah, universal or ultimate or objective truth just simply doesn't exist outside of what they would think is some sort of scientific process. Yeah, and this actually combines with the next reason why, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's not just the it, it's not just the idea of objective morality, but the existence of evil. A lot of people will say. 
the existence of evil is a reason to not believe in God. Mm -hmm. Like if there's a good God, how could so-and-so happen? But yeah. But if you look at things objectively, the existence of evil. Yeah. So define evil, right? Yeah. It's actually it's actually the evidence. It's a good evidence for the existence of a good God. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, something's wrong. Yeah. There's no ability to determine evil without an objective standard. You have to have a like sort of the opposite side. Right. You have to have an understanding of, well, what is evil held up to? Yeah. Right. Without without God, it's just mm -hmm. one person's opinion over another. There is no evil. Mm -hmm. uh, Who, what creates a standard for right and wrong? What is, you know, what is evil? How do you, do, yeah, they yeah. kind of bleed into each other, right? Well, even C.S. Lewis said evil requires good and good requires evil. I mean, mm -hmm. good requires God. So evil requires good and good requ requires God. Yeah. And it's so interesting because there are a lot of atheists that are focused on justice. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it, it blows my mind sometimes. Well, I my, my heart would be that, and that's what I always tell my friends, is like, look, let that idea in your heart maybe help you consider that there's something that gifted you mm -hmm. that sense of morality that yeah. it, what we would call common grace right sure um that that something outside of you maybe you do bear that thing's image and that image is good yeah and that that thing has placed that desire in your heart to see justice right mm. um and you know i think that has been a very effective way to get some of my friends to just consider what is going on inside of me? Yeah. And do I actually have any right to do this thing or say that something's right or wrong? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a tough thing to exist, to like actually examine, right? Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's really tough. And, and, you know, we're just, we're just starting the dialogue. Yeah. You know, if, if, if there are people out there that would consider themselves atheists and they're listening to our podcast, somehow you accidentally ended up uh, <laughs> on our, our podcast. We're glad you're here. And our hope would just be, that you would just ask those questions. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not trying to tell you what to believe. We're just trying to point some things out that we see as evidences for really for the existence of God. Yeah. Well, do you think there's anything else that needs to be pointed out? I just think the the um, I think we need to think about how we engage people with the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, people who are atheists who who have no belief in God. I think we just need to we need to think about how we do that. And so, I mean, I always tell people, uh, step one, Jordan, what is it? Pray. Yes. Step <laughs> one is to pray. He volleyball softball. That's like on a tee. Uh, we didn't. We did not rehearse that ahead pray. of time. Uh, yeah, it's it's to pray, right? I mean, prayer. God only God can change hearts, and I think we have to remember that as we as we enter into these conversations. The second for an atheist is so important. Um, Romans 1, 18 through 20, mm -hmm. it, it, it talks about how everyone at the very depth of who they are knows that God exists. Mm -hmm. And so are there people that believe that they don't believe that God exists? Yeah. But, but what God, what, what God's word says is that everybody, uh, that God has made his existence evident to all of them. And, and so deep down, we have to assume that deep down they really do believe that God exists. Yeah, if not like, you know, the acknowledgement functionally, what we just talked about yeah. was functionally you exist and, you know, live out your life in a society in a way that with which there is some sort of outside force creating a standard for justice. Yeah, yeah, and and so, you know, knowing that, um, I think that 
that puts a lot of the emphasis on them, but, but also asking a ton of questions, mm -hmm. man. I don't know what you, have you ever experienced the freedom of just asking questions about what somebody else believes? Like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. That's like, I mean, basically a hundred percent. I wouldn't say I have a particularly like a great yeah, gift no of story. evangelism, yeah. you know, like I, I think sort of the other side of this is, you know, there are some people who are very evangelistically inclined. They are very apologetics minded yeah. and they want to understand these things deep, uh, deeply. I've, I, I've still yet to see somebody be, um, you know, turned to Christ by anger and argument. <laughs> right. Well, what about on Facebook? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no? actually thousands. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Similar to this. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I just haven't. Yeah. And so our encouragement, like anytime I've ever led anybody to Jesus and seen their hearts turn towards him, it's because this is a conversation. Yeah. And it's because there's a desire to understand and be understood. And in that reciprocity, you're actually going to see a sense of goodwill that's going to open the heart to Jesus. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think as you do start to ask questions of what they believe, it has to be genuine, first of all. Yeah. It also, you also have People to... People can tell if you're waiting to just listen or yeah. waiting to talk. Yeah. You, you have to... And that brings me to the, the next point. You have to listen well and you have to understand why they've arrived at, at their conclusion. Most people, it's not a, it's not a whim. Like yeah, we talked about. Yeah. Consider that the same reasons that your environments or things that have led to how you believe is also the same for them. Yeah. And then beyond that, you know, connect relationally, love them. Like mm -hmm. it's not... We don't exist just to share the gospel with people. We exist to love people. Like that's love God and love others. That's our that's our goal. Yeah, and, and to the Christian out there, like if you don't know one atheist person, I would say consider the fact that they are actually in your life, but that you're either not approachable hmm. or you haven't seen them as possible friends or maybe enemies. Yeah, and then uh, finally, kind of maybe to the core of this uh, episode is. There are two ways, I think, to share Jesus. The first is to focus on the evidence, the things that we've talked about. Maybe uh, get yourself uh, even learned up even a little bit more uh, on the, 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 the issues of, you know, creation and morality and, mm -hmm. and those types of things. Uh, and, and be willing to have a, have a loving discussion. Uh, the evidence also that, that Christ existed, died on the cross, and came back from the dead, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Like the, the, the life, death, and, and resurrection of Jesus is really hard mm -hmm. to refute. And so uh, that's a good place to focus. And then share your personal testimony. I think nobody can refute what Jesus has done in your life. Yeah. Radical life transformation is an incredible evidence for the existence of Jesus. Yeah. In Revelation 12, 11, it says that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that these people are Satan, <laughs> but that Satan or the inclination towards things that are what not Jesus and God. What do you mean by these people? <laughs> uh, uh, it says that Satan's defeated by the blood of the Lamb which is the gospel, right? What you just described, the cross, yeah. and the word of their testimony. Yeah. And so your story matters. Yeah. And I think although your story alone does not prove God, yeah. it does show people who you love that God is real in your life, and it can be possible for them too. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great It's a yeah. great. It's a great way to go about. Well, hopefully this just starts a conversation, right? Yeah. And that you guys see the people around you as those who are, you know, thoughtful people, but that there are questions to be considered. Mm -hmm. And so we just pray that you guys would continue to develop those relationships in a way that move people towards Christ and not away from him divisively and do, the, do so with just love and gentleness. So, um, yeah, if you guys are interested in this stuff, uh, is there any, like, 
I don't know, recommended resources that maybe people can start diving into from your perspective, Mike? Yeah, I think, I mean, Stand to Reason has a really good website. Um, uh, Cross crossexamined.org uh, is really good. That's Frank Turek's website. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of really good like apologetics books out there that talk about, you know, this type of thing. And Yeah, I would recommend The Reason for God by Timothy Keller. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not super into no, apologetics, good. but he writes a really great book on just how to engage in this stuff. Yeah, The Case for God is another one. I mean, mm-hmm. that's out there. And then the, with YouTube, I mean, you can pull up a lot of uh, debates that are are going on between mm-hmm. atheists and and Christian yeah, apologists. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, robust stuff. Yeah. I'd recommend on YouTube the Veritas forums. Oh. There, um, in academic settings, it's kind of a cool organization that cool. gets different worldviews together. That's so, great. Uh, yeah, if you like what you heard, please share, please subscribe, like all the things above that people Tell do. Tell people about us. <laughs> Tell people, and then, uh, you know, even if you just want to send this to one of your friends who's an atheist and say, hey, I'd love to have a conversation around this. Let us be the whipping bag. <laughs> or is that a thing? Whipping bag? No. I don't, oh. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, let it, boy. Punching bag? Punching bag. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the punching boys. Yes. <laughs> Instead of boost boys, yeah, we're now punching, we're punching boys. boys. So we'll see you guys next time on the Wellcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about The Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.